Hello, beloved. Welcome to our weekly Bible study where we are looking at um, the Holy Spirit and Jesus. This is part four. Now, if you can remember, that's quite far back. We need to uh, go back in our minds. Part one, we looked at the relationship between Jesus and the Holy Spirit. In part two, we looked at what the Holy Spirit did in the life of Jesus Christ, specifically with regards to Jesus being anointed as the Messiah. And then in part three, we looked at the Holy Spirit's involvement in the life of Jesus And in part four, we are going to take a look at the Holy Spirit's involvement in the death of Jesus Christ. All right, before we continue, though, let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, it's such a privilege to come to you as we study the relationship between Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and the importance of the Holy Spirit being involved in the life of Christ and in the ministry of Christ and in the death and also the resurrection of Christ. So I pray, Father, as we study this This amazing topic, I pray that you will reveal it to us, open it up, Father, so that we may understand and so that your name may be glorified and we can gain knowledge of what you say in your word about this. Uh, This we pray in Jesus' precious name. Enable me as well as your servant to teach your people. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, now the Holy Spirit was involved in the death of Jesus Christ. And I want to say was involved in in the death of Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Okay, already in the Old Testament, the, or the prophet Isaiah prophesied that the Spirit would come upon the Messiah. Okay, let's, let's go to Isaiah chapter 42. And we're going to read verse 1 and 3 where he said, uh, Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my elect one, in whom my soul delights. And the, God is here speaking about the Messiah that was to come. Now he says, I have put my spirit upon him, and I will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. Uh, He will not cry out, nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. Um, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. Now, Isaiah 42 verse 1 to 9. Now when we read it, we basically see that this is like a, the first of four um, servant songs, as they call it, referring to the Messiah. Uh, we f- find this one in, in, in Isaiah 49, verse 1 to 13. The second one in Isaiah 50, verse 4 to 11. And then in Isaiah 52, verse 13 to Isaiah 53, verse 12, we find the third and the fourth, what they call the servant songs, referring to the Messiah. Now, the... The fourth servant songs, or the four servant songs, basically, uh, tells us about the servant's gentle manner in which he would minister on this earth. And it speaks about his worldwide mission. Very interesting that when you read about the Messiah in the Old Testament, when you read about the Messiah, well, in the person of Jesus Christ, he doesn't come as the judge. He's not here to, to, to take on his... Uh, his enemies and destroy them. But the second time when Jesus Christ comes again, he's not coming as the suffering servant. He's not coming as the Jewish Messiah who lays down his life for his people. No, no, no. He's coming as the judge and he comes as the king. Right. So it's so beautiful that these four servant songs uh, tells us about this gentle nature of Jesus Christ. Yeah? And obviously also his worldwide mission now. In Isaiah 42, verse 1 to 3, 
um, is basically applied to Jesus at his first coming. And you find it that um, Matthew took that prophecy just like that and he put it into his gospel. And we find it in Matthew chapter 12, verse 15 to 20, where we read, But when Jesus knew it, that means he knew about the plot of the religious leaders that they wanted to kill him. It says he withdrew himself from there. All right, so he moved on. And great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. That was the work of the Messiah. The Messiah would bring healing. Now he would heal the people. All right. Verse 16 says, Yet he warned them not to make him known that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. All right, so what Jesus was saying here is a fulfillment of the prophecy that we read in Isaiah 42, verse 1 to 3. Okay, and what does this prophecy point towards? It points towards the Messiah, uh, who would have the Holy Spirit upon him. That's the first thing. Because remember, Jesus in his human nature, uh, he couldn't do a lot. He, he could live and eat and, and be obedient and those kind of things, but he couldn't do a lot spiritually because he needed the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He needed the Holy Spirit to come upon him. Uh, and that happened at the uh, when he was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, and then the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. And from that moment on, he started with his public ministry. And from that moment on, he started doing miracles. Okay. Now, our passage also tells us that Messiah would bring justice to the Gentiles. Now, John MacArthur points out that at Jesus' second coming, Christ will rule over a kingdom in which justice will prevail, and it will prevail throughout the world. Now, this millennial kingdom of Jesus Christ is, is not for Israel only. I mean, through the Messiah, uh, he will reign, nah, uh, on the throne of David in Jerusalem. And obviously Israel will be the glorious people. But all the nations of the world will experience the righteousness and the justice of this Messiah King. Okay, Especially just before the millennial reign of Christ. When Jesus will, will judge the earth and he comes down with his saints. And it's the battle of Armageddon. And in the battle of Armageddon he destroys his enemies. Uh, just absolutely amazing. All right, so it talks about this this uh, millennial kingdom of which Jesus, where Jesus will reign as Messiah on the throne of David, and he will be in Jerusalem, and Israel will be a glorious people. But all the nations of the world will experience the righteousness of Christ. They will all experience the justice of the Messiah King. They they will be under him as the king of this amazing kingdom. Now, that, that will be there in the millennium where righteousness will reign. Now, Isaiah 42 also tells us that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, he will not cry. You know, he will not cry out in the streets. And it speaks about this, this quiet and submissive character of Christ. John MacArthur speaks about it. Pardon me. And this is at his first coming. Uh, and, and his first coming is the fulfillment of this prophecy. For example, we read in Matthew chapter 11, if we go to verse 28 and, uh, to 30, where Jesus said the following about him, says, he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isn't that the character of Messiah? The character of Jesus being gentle, of what was prophesied in Isaiah 42? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amazing. We, we see the character of Messiah. We see the character of Jesus Christ, who, who is, he's got this gentle character. Amazing. And, and how he wants to help people. And even when he lays down his life, he lays the, his life down for sinners like you and I. Now we also read in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 to 23, where, where it says, Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. And it says in verse 22, who committed no sin, nor was the seed found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he committed himself to, uh, himself to him who judges righteously. And this was the character of Christ when he was on this earth. Jesus was just absolutely amazing. Now, but we read it in the gospel, so it, it's clear now. Obviously, he was, uh, how can I say, a different person when it came to the religious system. And especially the religious leaders who were hypocrites, who basically um, turned God's law into something that was, you couldn't recognize this. It, it was unrecognizable. Okay? But when it came to sinners, when it came to people who needed a physician... When it came to people who were in need of help, wow, Christ was absolutely amazing. He had the soft and gentle spirit and he helped the people. So this basically means that Messiah was the one who brought comfort and encouragement to the weak and the oppressed. In, in Isaiah 40 verse 11, we read the following prophecy about Messiah. And, and this is obviously about his first coming. Now, he will feed his flock, it says, like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Can you see the gentleness of Messiah? Obviously, when he speaks to the Pharisees, just to come back to that, he says, uh, you, um, how can I say, he, he talked about them being white plastered graves, uh, that they, how can I say, they were filthy he said so many things about their father is the devil and all kinds of things like that. And why did Jesus say it? Because the religious leaders messed up what God intended for the Israel, for the Jewish people. In Isaiah 50 verse 4, we read the following prophecy about Messiah. It says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, or the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. And this is what God says about Messiah, about Jesus Christ. And then we read another prophecy about Messiah in Isaiah 61 verse 1. And, and this is where Jesus, when he took the Isaiah role, you remember when he was in the synagogue in uh, Luke chapter 4, Jesus quoted from this, this passage, Isaiah 51 verse 1, uh, 61 verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to do what? To preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open the prison to those who are bound. Oh, beloved, Jesus came to this earth as the Jewish Messiah, and He fulfilled all the prophecies which basically pointed to him as being 
that Jewish Messiah. Not the way that they expected him to be, no? but the Messiah that is prophesied in, in the Old Testament. The Messiah, especially with his first coming. It also speaks about the Messiah in the Millennial Kingdom or before the Millennial Kingdom when he comes as king. Now, as the Messiah, we, we know when we read Scripture that he did miracles. And he introduced, introduced the kingdom of God to the people of Israel. I mean, ulti, ultimately, Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, died for the sins of his people. But also we know the sins of the Gentiles as well. Uh, he was buried and then he rose again from the grave on the third day. And the Holy Spirit was on Jesus to fulfill all the prophecies um, about the Messiah. But then we also see from Scripture that the Holy Spirit led the Messiah to bear our sins. And the only way uh, that it could be done is the way that God intended it to be. No? That Messiah would bear our sins and would die on the cross on our behalf. And then we read in Isaiah 53, verse 1 to 5, we read the following about Messiah. It says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And as a root out of dry ground, he has no form or uh, comeliness. And this is speaking about Messiah. No? He has no form, comeliness. He's not someone that was something to look at. And especially when he died on the cross. But even when Jesus was busy with his public ministry, Jesus wasn't someone to look at. Okay, And, and when we see him, Isaiah says, there is no beauty that, was, uh, that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. And then it says in verse 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrow, yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Wow, isn't that beautiful? By his stripes we are healed. Not healed from physical sickness. No, he's talking about sin. He, we are healed from the wounds that we ha have because of the, the, the fact that we are dead in our trespasses and our sins. Because of our transgressions, he was bruised. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was chastised. And by stripes that he received, those stripes on his back, and then he went to Golgotha to die for our sin. Jesus Christ how can I say, healed us from the power and the influence and the victory of sin over our lives when he died on that cross. So, beloved, when Jesus died on the cross, the Holy Spirit was with him. And it was through the Holy Spirit that his blood was basically able to, to wash away our sin. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13 and 14 says it. And I'm going to close with this. It says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer uh, sprinkling, the, uh, sprinkling the unclean satisfies for the purification of the flesh. How much more can the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Oh, beloved, the blood of Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sin. What Bulls and goats, the blood of bulls and goats and, 
and the ashes of a heifer and the sprinkling of the unclean, what it couldn't accomplish, Jesus accomplished it. And how did he do it? Because of the Holy Spirit that was on him, that was with him, that enabled him. And that's the amazing thing about Christ. But that's also the amazing amazing thing about the Holy Spirit being the one that was upon Christ. The Holy Spirit working with Jesus in his death on that cross. Not just, you know, when he hung on that cursed tree, the Holy Spirit was with him all the time. But it was Jesus Christ who gave himself as an offering for our sin. But the Holy Spirit was at work all the time. This is the amazing thing when we talk about the Holy Spirit and Jesus and how the Holy Spirit worked in Jesus Christ as uh, he went through his death into the burial and even at the resurrection. God willing, next time we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit's involvement in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Beloved, I hope this has been a blessing to you as it's been a blessing to me to present, uh, to, to prepare and to, to share this with you, because at the end of the day, wow, we serve an amazing God. We serve an amazing King. We serve an amazing Savior in the person of Jesus Christ, the Jewish Messiah. And, obviously, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, being involved in the life of Jesus Christ. It's just so, so, so amazing. Shall we bow our heads in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can have your word, that we can study your word, that we can find these precious jewels in your word. And we pray that it will burn into our hearts, get stuck in our minds so that we can use it at the end of the day for your glory. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry about the phone going off. But uh, beloved, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he give you his peace. God willing, until next time. Bye-bye.